Good morning, Thrive Church. How are we this morning? It's good to have you guys with us today. So we're in a series in the book of Jeremiah. We'll be here through uh, July in that book. And my hope is, as I've said before, that you'll study the book of Jeremiah and it will make more sense to you. Well, today we'll be in Jeremiah 29, chapter 29, one of the most famous books in, or chapters in the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to break that down. Uh, how many of you guys really love traffic jams? Does anybody love traffic jams? I don't think anybody on a trip going somewhere where you've got to make it somewhere loves a traffic jam. Um, I have had my fair share of them, but over spring break this last year, I had something that was a little worse than a traffic jam. So Sunday, April 3rd was my birthday, and I had that Sunday off, took the Sunday off for my birthday. We went to, we got ready to go to Cracker Barrel that morning. I was going to eat some chocolate chip pancakes for my birthday breakfast. Amen. I hope you had breakfast this morning or you'll be hungry. And so um, we get up that morning, my son and I are playing Fortnite, my wife walks in and she has this look on her face like somebody had died. Now I have anxiety about things like that, so you know my story, so the moment she walks in, she's like, we need to talk, it's bad. And she's like whispering, I'm like, and I was just like, oh no, somebody's died. I go into the room, she's on her computer, she says, our flights got canceled. It was that big weekend, remember that weekend every flight in Florida got canceled? It was like our flights got canceled down to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, oh, man, that stinks. Well, let's just book Raleigh. We'll just drive down to RDU. We'll do that. And so she's on there. She books it. So we get up. We go have breakfast. We're having breakfast. And I get my pancakes. And she, the text comes through. And it says, your flight from RDU is delayed. Oh, like, that's okay. Well, you know, how far is it delayed? And then finally, like three texts later, it's delayed until like 12 p.m. at night. I was like, or you know, 12 a.m. I was like, yeah, I don't think we're going to actually, I don't think this flight's going to happen. She's like, I don't either. It's like, do we want to drive with our seven-year-old 16 hours down there? And she's like, oh, yeah, but he's never going to trip that long. We said, why the heck not? Let's do it. Well, sometimes you can make decisions and be really excited about things until you get into it, right? It was two days of driving there, two days in Florida at our Airbnb, and then two days of driving back. Um, and we had to stop with a seven-year-old about every 10 minutes, it seemed like. And on the last leg of that trip, we get stuck in a traffic jam in Jacksonville, Florida. I, I have, I've lost nothing in Jacksonville, right? I want to get through there. And so we're stuck in a traffic jam with the longest time. And as I'm sitting there, you know, what I've realized with a trip like that, there's no way to speed things up. Right? I mean, even if you, like, bump it to 10 miles over the speed limit, you still got to, you're just making up time because he's got to stop and pee every 10 minutes. Or he needs a snack or whatever it is. Like, you know, or my wife needs this. And so what I realized on that trip and trips like that or a traffic jam is there's just no way to speed things up. You are stuck in slow motion, it seems like. Well, I want to talk to you today about how that happens in our lives when it comes to pain and seasons of despair and darkness. Last week we spoke about, you know, kind of what, what happens when pain hits your life and when you have those seasons happen. Today I want to tell you, talk to you about the process of pain because many of us don't understand in those seasons what we should do, exactly how we should respond because Israel in Jeremiah 29 was actually in their season of pain. Remember that he's been prophesying to them, telling them, hey, listen, Babylon's coming. They're taking you out. You're going to be, we're going to be in exile is what Jeremiah's been preaching to them. Now they are in that season. They are in Babylonian exile. That's when Jeremiah 29, 11, or 29, verse 11, but 29, 11, which you guys all know that one, it takes place in. And, and Jeremiah was one of those guys who God sent to tell the children of Israel how God was feeling about their life. 
We all think that Jesus is just marshmallows and unicorns and rainbows, and he has no care about anything. Well, when you read the Old Testament, what I love is, and even read the words of Jesus, God has an opinion about how we live about the idols we worship. We looked at the week one, and they were dra dragged away into idol worship. They had drifted into it. They were worshiping idols. They were on autopilot with their faith. And so Babylon came in and took them into exile. Uh, Jeremiah ministered 40 years. It's about 2,600 years ago, 600 years before Jesus, and he had the most unrewarding prophetic ministry of any Old Testament prophet because his whole thing was, hey, get, get ready. Bad things are going to happen. How would you like to have a prophet in your life? Like, right? Imagine Jeremiah, he's a friend. You hang out with him, and every time you talk to him, bad things are coming. People really didn't like it. And now in Jeremiah 29, let me tell you how much they didn't like it. And this is human nature. In Jeremiah 29, the backdrop is they are in Babylonian captivity. They are slaves to a wicked people, and they are God's chosen people, and they're asking, why is this happening? And then they had these false prophets who come in. Hananiah had this group of false prophets, and here was the message. It will only be two years. Exile will happen, and you'll be out two years later. Almost in this day and time, if you're churchy, breakthrough's coming. Come on, somebody. It's right around the corner. Get ready, get ready, get ready. This guy's on TV, right? Come on. Your breakthrough's on the way. It won't last long, and that's what they were loving that. They're like, yeah, Hananiah. Give us some more of that stuff. And Jeremiah's like, no, 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 no. Actually, it's 70 years. You're like, throw the guy in the well again. Like, get rid of him. Who is this guy anyway? And they didn't want to hear that their season of darkness and despair would last longer than they thought and be harder than they thought. And it's just like in our Christian culture today. We want preachers who tickle our ears, who tell us, hey, look, no, no, it's going to be all right. Everything's going to work out just fine. It's going to, it's, it's going to be, your season is coming quicker than you thought. And Jeremiah had an opposite message for them. And it's in those seasons that happens, I think we need to be prepared for that. We got to learn how do we navigate those seasons? Because if we don't know how to navigate them, the enemy of our souls will take us out when it comes to our faith. And so in Jeremiah 29, let's look, start with verse 8 here. And here's Jeremiah's word to them. He says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers... So the prophets were almost acting like, like, witch, like, like witches. Not everybody on TV who says things to you is legit. Right? I'm just going to keep going here. Who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. And this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. That was their time. And some of those people who were 70 years old realized, oh crud, I ain't gonna make it out of here. I'm gonna die here in Babylon. Some of those, the young kids were probably like, man, I'm gonna be old when we get out. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I've promised, I'll bring you home again. And this is where Jeremiah 29, 11 takes place here. We take it out of context so much. You, you probably have a pillow that your grandma stitched for you with it. You probably have your coffee mug that you, you read it from. But he says, for I know the plans I have for you, Israel, not you, but Israel, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. 
Many of us know Jeremiah 29, 11. Like we, you, know, you, you could quote that. Even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard it or somebody's told you that. The setting of that verse is when they are in their darkest season that they've caused themselves, Babylonian captivity. And God is speaking to them about him bringing them back to Jerusalem and restoring them through Nehemiah and Ezra and Zerubbabel and all those things. But the question that they're asking during this season that you and I will ask in our seasons of darkness and despair is one that I asked on that trip to, to Fort Lauderdale. Why isn't God handling my situation quicker? Do something and do it now, God. Why aren't you moving at the pace that I want you to? Pick it up, Papa. Come on, pick it up, pick it up. Right? I've been in this way too long. Have you ever felt that way before when you're going through something like, why is this taking so long? Why is it God moving faster? And I want to tell you, I'm going to answer that question today, because if we don't understand that, then we're going to miss out what God wants to do in that season. Remember that Babylonian captivity was a chance for him to purge them of idols, to purge them of immorality, to get them ready to be the people that would occupy Jerusalem, that would be able to worship him wholeheartedly, and to establish where Jesus could come through the line of Messiah. He had a plan for them. That was the plan, the plans for hope and a future. And in the seasons of darkness and despair, when you're wondering why isn't God moving faster, that's not the right question to be asking in that. You can't speed up the process of God. There's nothing that, that Israel could have done in Babylonian captivity to make it faster. It's 70 years. God ordained it 70 years. They couldn't have fasted and prayed and, and had prayer meetings and revivals. None of that would have, would have made it happen any quicker. There was a process and there was a season now, no matter what your season is, I believe there's three, uh, I would say, like different spheres or seasons of darkness and despair. So when you're going through something painful, you're saying, God, why aren't you doing this quicker? And you're asking that question. I think what you should do first is realize that there's three reasons or why we're in those seasons. The first is self-inflicted. Sometimes we're in those seasons because we sowed those seeds. We've made decisions that got us there. We've worked really hard at making a lot of decisions long term. Here's the thing about consequences in the kingdom of God. God forgives us of our sin, but we still have to face the consequences. If you don't like the harvest you see around you, which is your life, then change the seeds you're sowing in your life. Change the decisions you're making, the way that you're doing things. Because many of us, just like Israel, Israel's was self-inflicted. They put themselves in that situation for Babylonian captivity. And many times we do the same thing. We wonder, God, I want a, the, have you ever seen on TV, those TV, because I got saved, all I had was TV preachers. We didn't have the internet, right? And it was like the miracle of debt cancellation. And I had a lot of debt for my band I was in. And I would like, I'm, I'm being honest, you're going to laugh at me. I was a young believer. I didn't know any better. I was touching the screen saying, Lord, I believe the miracle of debt cancellation in the name of Jesus, right? Just, I, I believe it. And I didn't realize God's like, you dummy, you got yourself into that. If I get you out, you'll get into it again. Until you do the hard work of paying off some credit cards, then you'll realize I don't ever want to go back there again, right? And so many of us are swiping credit cards, wondering why we're in the financial situation we're in. And you're saying, God, you're not providing. God's like, I can't keep up with your credit card spending. I'm providing. <laughs> You're driving around my provision for you and you're angry at me. Many times with relationships, we're wondering like, well, what, God, why did you put me with that loser? God's like, yeah, we never had that conversation, right? Remember that? Remember you put me on, on you know, like on mute? You did your thing. 
And now you want me to jump back in again? That wasn't my decision. That was yours. When it comes to health, like many of us pray, but God, oh, we got, got another heart surgery. God's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. you, you, you really, really, really love sausage biscuits and cheeseburgers. And God's like, I never asked you to eat that stuff. And so what happens, and many times, let's just be honest, this is for me too, when I look at it, it's self-inflicted. I sowed the seed, there's a harvest I've got to reap. Once I reap that harvest, I need to start sowing new seeds to get a better harvest. Israel's was self-inflicted. When you're going through a season, sometimes, let's just, don't beat yourself up. You made some decisions to get yourself there. And you know what you can do with God's help? Make some decisions to get yourself out of there. The, the second season, I would say, is this. There's God-ordained seasons that we're going through a pain. Does God send it? No. God's not like, I'm going to punish you because I don't like you. Man, you're in Christ. He says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Galatians says that Jesus took the curse of the law from us. God's not cursing you. But there are some seasons God ordains in his sovereign plan some pain for us to go through. It's a mystery. You're not going to figure it out. Don't try to be Sherlock Holmes. But can I tell you the most painful seasons of my life when I went through, like I talk about planting churches from scratch. That's why I have a sort of heart for church planters. It was painful. I, was, I went through depression. I never, I never planned to go through that ministry. I, I never planned to, to you know, be addicted to like things like food and things of that nature. I never planned to have anger and frustration issues where I had to go to counseling. But can I tell you something? I believe that that was part of, part of God's ordained plan for me to go through those seasons because I wouldn't be the man I am today. And even Israel's was self-inflicted, but can I tell you, God, God was with them through it as well, shaping them and molding them. When you're going through a season of despair and darkness, sometimes God didn't send it, but he'll use it for, your, for his glory. And then finally, I say this finally because this is where we go first. When you're going through a season of darkness and despair, sometimes it is demonically influenced. Now, time out. Because some of y'all are going to be just, just like Bobby Boucher's mama. It's the devil, Bobby. It's the devil. If you've ever watched Waterboy, <laughs> everything's not the devil's fault. And, and I'm, I'm going to give you a caveat here. And it may offend you, and it's okay. It's okay to be offended. That's a good thing. If you're not serving Jesus, giving financially, sharing your faith, contributing to the kingdom of God, you're not on the devil's hit list. He could care less. If you're like, man, the devil's after me, I, actually, probably not. There's some people who are sharing their faith. There's people who are advancing the kingdom. I mean, they are all in for Jesus. He's probably going after them first. You're on the sidelines. He's not worried about you. Like, like, like you, you're just a consumer. You're not a contributor. Satan goes after contributors, right? I said that to our dream team this morning. We gather together, um, and, and I get to share with them, because when you step up to serve Jesus, when you step up to say, I'm going to serve, I'm going to really lean in, I'm going to give, I'm going to be, I'm doing this thing, realize at that point, you then become a target for the enemy. And there are times that those seasons of darkness and despair can be demonically influenced where the enemy wants to take you out. He wants you to quit. And then there's times that all three can combine, right? Or you've done a little bit of that. God's going to use it, but then the enemy wants to use it as well. Remember Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness? God ordained, and it was painful. I couldn't fast for 40 days. I couldn't. That, that's crazy. Don't try it. You need to see a doctor before you try it. You'll die. Some people have died trying it. And in that moment, he was in this fast that God ordained. What happened with it? The enemy wanted to try to influence him in that season. Remember that? Turn the stones into bread. Just jump off this temple and everybody will see that you're, you're the Messiah and they'll, they'll serve you. I'll give you everything. You don't have to go to the cross. 
Like there's seasons that it can be demonically influenced even when you're trying to step up and do things for, for God. And I want to encourage you with this, though, because when you do step in to serve Jesus, you're going to face warfare with it. You're going to face when the enemy tries to attack you. And he wants you to quit. That's the number one thing he wants from your life. Quit. Give up. And he was hoping that Israel would do the same. Because you know why? He knew that through Israel, the seed of Messiah was coming. Didn't know when, didn't know exactly how, but he wanted them to quit or he wanted to destroy them. Now, when you're going through seasons of despair and darkness, there's two things you have to know when you're going through it. This is very important. Number one is this. There's an expiration date. Every season of darkness has a God-set expiration date. That's a, that's a good news, right? So like Israel's was 70 years. Boom. When Jesus was on the cross, it says darkness covered the face of the earth until three. It was three hours, right? There was an expiration date with it. When you're going through seasons like this, you can be rest assured and trust in God's ordained timing that God has an end point for it. It won't last forever, guys. Be encouraged with that. Because many times when, you, when you're going through something painful, it feels like it's going to last forever. Last week, I, was, I had the worst pool experience of my life with my son. I was going to be the dad of the year, picked him up at lunch from, you know, his little camp. And like, man, boy, we're going to the pool. I got the bag packed. I got snacks. got everything. We go out to the pool. We're playing in the pool. He goes, ah, ah, ah. He sees like a, a wasp in the water. I go to swap the wasp away, and it stings me. And I'm just like, oh, mmm, oh, right? Try not to speak in tongues in front of my son, right? Oh, oh, no, no, oh. That's not like that. We're leaving. And as we're leaving, he's over there doing something at a, at a, at a flower bush. I'm like, bro, there's bees. What y'all put? And I, I stump, my, I have wearing flip-flops, and I stump my little toe on a brick, the side of a brick. And I literally fall to the ground. He's like, Daddy, you're okay? I'm like, oh, and again, I'm like, and I'm going to tell you all something, man. I felt like life went into slow motion. Like, oh, are you okay? Oh, and I'm just like, that's what pain does to you, though, right? It slows everything. And when you're going through a painful season in your life, it feels like days are years. And, and minutes are like days. It's like, oh, this is just, it, why can't we speed this thing up? There's an expiration date for it. And you've got to be encouraged with that that God has a ticking timer for it. The second thing you've got to realize, and these two go together, there's a purpose for it. Now, again, you may not realize the purpose, but there's a purpose. The ultimate purpose of everything you go through is to be conformed to the image of Christ. That's the ultimate purpose. So, like, if you're wondering why am I going through this, it probably, you probably won't ever figure that out this side of heaven. But here's what you can realize. If you respond correctly, you can be conformed to the image of Christ. You can become more Christ-like through what you've experienced in your life. I've told you over and over again, I'm not a compassionate guy. I'm not a mercy giver. That's just not my gift, right? There are some people who are mercy givers out here. They're compassionate. But can I tell you how I became compassionate? I went through some really, really, really bad situations in life. And now I really care about those going through bad situations. As I told you last week, my friend, friend getting diagnosed with terminal cancer, it's like, if I would not have been through that with mom and dad, and they both had the same thing, I wouldn't have the same compassion level, correct? But like, like the, the, for me, that's why I have such a heart for the Big C Church, because I've been through so much. I really care for pastors, and I love them. I didn't always have that compassion. 
So there's a purpose to your pain if you'll realize that God wants to use it for that. But here's the issue, and here's my fear, because I see this all the time over and over. People, people go through painful seasons. If we fail to understand how God uses these seasons here, we're going to get bitter instead of getting better. That's what happened to you. You'll go through something, and you will get bitter at God. You'll get bitter at life. You'll say, why me? Why have I got to go through this? Why is this so painful? And you will get bitter at the Lord. And that's what the enemy wants from you. He wants you to get bitter at him. He wants you to get bitter at God and not press into serving and loving Jesus. But what can happen during a trial is you can get better instead of getting bitter. When you know there's an expiration date, and you say, God, I know the season will end, and you know that God is at work. That's what we call this series, God at Work, because in Israel's darkest time, God was at work. And can I tell you, in your darkest seasons, God is at work in your life. And if you have to believe that, amen? No matter what you're seeing, you just realize, I can't put two and two together. I don't understand it, but Lord, you are conforming me to your image. You have a purpose in this, and you're going to use this for your glory. That's how you get better instead of getting bitter anytime you go through a painful season. Now, here's the question that uh, I want to pose to you for our action today. Because I want you to leave, I want you to put this in that to an application, because I'm not going to always be around. You're going to hit some roadblocks in life where you're going to need the wisdom of God to help you get through it. And sometimes it's through asking the right questions. And here's the question, what do I do when the tough season is longer than I thought it would be? What do you do? What do you do when everybody's saying it's going to be two years and it's 70? What do you do when the pain is not going away as quick as you thought it would go away? There's something that we can do during it. We can't speed it up, can we? Can you speed up a, a trip? No. The trip to Florida would take 16 hours no matter what I did. You can't speed up pain. So what do you do when you're in those seasons? What type of posture should you take? And what I want to show you uh, here from Scripture today is in Psalms 137, uh, verse 1. Because there's three things that's helped me through dark seasons. There's three things that have helped me out from Scripture to help me get better instead of getting bitter whenever I go through something. In the Psalms 137, it says this here. It says, beside the rivers of Babylon, talking about Babylon, right? We sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. During the Babylonian captivity, we sat and we wept as we thought of Jerusalem. This one scripture here helped me through a really difficult season. It helped me get through a, a season while I was going through depression, and I didn't know why I felt yucky inside. I just didn't feel good emotionally. It's like having an emotional cold. And men just aren't good at picking up on this stuff, women. Just realize that. If you ever look at your, your husband and say, what's wrong with you? They don't know. Like, 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 women are feelers. Like, oh, yeah, well, well, you know, I think I feel this, and then, like, I'm going through this, and they're just verbalizing and feeling like, and, and then the wife looks at me, well, why are you in a grumpy mood? I don't know. You just don't want to talk to me? He doesn't know. <laughs> Men just aren't good with it. Give us a break, right? You, you use both sides of your brain. We have one that's dominant. That's all we have. We use one side of our brain. Give it, help us out a little bit. But what happened was I was going through this, and, and I've been through emotional health and healing and, and learning about these things. And I said, something's wrong. I was at the gym, and I'm sitting there going like, what is wrong with me? 
And here's what I realized. I was in grief. I was grieving. That's good. Okay, so I understood it was grieving, but what was I grieving and why was I grieving? Now, this is last year, last fall. Why would I be going through a grieving process? I realized that COVID and everything it did to the local church and all that we went through finally caught up with me. There are people who all moved away. There are people who end up going to the churches or people, and I would never see these people ever again. That's how it works in church world. We'll say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll see you. But that's just how it works. When I go somewhere else, you don't, you don't see them again. Um, I love people, and I miss them when I don't see them anymore. I just do. I really, that's why I'm at the front door. I just love all you guys. Well, some of you, but um, some of you, I've got another interest you need to go into. I'm joking. But I was grieving. I was hurting. And I realized I'm grieving. And this is why I'm grieving. And so the first thing you've got to do is pause to grieve any and all losses when you're going through a painful situation. Losses aren't just losing loved ones, uh, you know, when they die. That's not the loss. A loss can be a friend that leaves your life, somebody who moves away. I just had my best friend move away. It's tough. It's been emotionally tough. I've been, I've been monitoring that. Um, losses can be in your life losing a job that you really loved. Losses can be a relationship. Losses can be anything. And that's the one thing you have to realize. Don't downplay your loss. Don't have this toxic, like, equivocation, I call it. Where it's like, yeah, I know, I, you know, I lost a friend that moved away, but my buddy, you know, their, their mom died. So it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be that bad. I shouldn't be grieving like this. That's the wrong way to take it. Everybody grieves differently. Two people can, can lose their parent. One person moves on and they're okay with it. The next person's paralyzed. There's nothing wrong with that person. They, they experience grief differently. So what you have to do is, is take an inventory. What type of losses have I had in my life recently? What, why do I feel this way? It could be a child moving out and going to college. Any and all losses. Because what do they do? The first thing they say in Psalm 137:1 is, beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. They grieved. Then they grieved properly. That's the first thing you have to do. The second thing we have to do is this. Pick a close friend to vent. Don't go to Facebook to vent. You will never get the attention and needs that you have from social media. I promise you. You're going to be disappointed if you keep going there. Um, I have a, a certain thought, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but maybe some people need. Those people aren't your friends on Facebook. It's social media. And the reason we go to social media to vent is because we don't have a friend to vent to. And that's a dangerous place to be because we then will be isolated and alone. Look at Psalm 137.1. It says this, Beside the rivers of Babylon, who we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. They had relationship. They talked with someone. The first thing I did when I realized I was going through a, a, a grieving from COVID and just all that went on, is I, ta I, I talked to a friend. I said, hey, man, when I got out of the gym, I got to call you because I need to talk to you. I just realized something. And his mom's a world-renowned psychologist, so he's really brilliant with this stuff. I said, this is what I'm facing right now. I'm going through grief. I need to look at the stages of grief, and I need to deal with this. You've got to have people you can talk to about, especially men in this place. Women, this is their, they're like, yeah, that's right. Because women, women can sit around and, and cry and, uh, and talk all the time. Men, it makes us feel uncomfortable when emotions come out, right? Just start crying around a guy and, and see what happens. Like, 
it just makes us awkward. So for men, you have to do that. You've got to find somebody you can talk to and say, hey, listen, I'm in, emotionally I'm feeling yucky or I've been through this situation. We sat and wept. Pick a close friend to vent to. And then finally this morning, here's the third thing you have to do. When you're going through a season that's longer than you thought it would be, position yourself to experience God. That's what they did there. They vented, they had friends, and they thought of Jerusalem. That was their place of worship. Jerusalem was a center point of worship, and their mind was focused on that. And that's why they were weeping. They had lost Jerusalem. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this afterwards. When you keep reading those verses, he says, For in those days, if you seek me, you will find me. And I, I will come to you. I will minister to you. We'll be united again. When you're going through a season that's tough, position yourself to experience the Lord. Get on your hands and knees and begin to worship God. Put some worship music. Open the scriptures up and let God minister to you. Because in the same way that God ministers to you, will be the same way that he wants to use you to minister to others. When you're wondering, man, why am I going through this? One of the reasons I can tell you is it makes you more human. And then when somebody else goes through it, you can say, hey, man, let me talk to you. I went through that, and this is what happened to me. And can I tell you, this is what God did for me. And I want to encourage you, He can do the same for you as well. Position yourself to experience the Lord. Because it's in those seasons, you'll find yourself being drawn closer to Christ if you will position yourself. Let's pray this morning. Father, none of us wish painful seasons to come. None of us want to go through grief or loss. Father, it's part of what we have to go through in life. Right now, Lord, I pray for all of those who are going through a painful season, who are facing grief, loss, and despair, that, God, you would speak to their heart this morning, that you would encourage them, that even in their Babylonian exile seasons, you are at work, God. In the darkest times, Lord God, you are still working in our situations. I pray for that encouragement. And I ask, Lord, that you would use every situation that we've gone through, that we're going through, or we will go through, Lord God, to grow us closer to you and be conformed to the image of Christ, Lord. To be more like you to a world that needs you. I just pray that right now, Lord. And as we're praying today, church, in this mode of prayer, one of the things that seasons of pain and darkness and despair can do in this crisis seasons can be the seasons we find Christ. So maybe you need to give your life to Christ. Maybe you walked away from your faith. You could have been hurt by church. You could have got drug off to the pleasures of the world. I don't know your story. But maybe it's your day to come back to Him. Or for the first time ever, you're going to give your life to Jesus. You're going to make this decision. You're going to give your life to Him. You're going to finally take that step of faith you've never taken before. You've gone to church. You've done the checklist, but you've never given your life to Jesus. Today is your day. Right where you're sitting, if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer after me. And it's this here. You say, God, I need the Savior. I need Jesus. Today, I give my life to Christ. I believe He is Lord. I believe He died on the cross. I believe He rose again on the third day. 
and today I make Jesus my Lord. I turn from my old life, I repent, and I receive brand new life. I receive forgiveness of sins. I receive your Holy Spirit. Now, God, help me to live for you. In Jesus' good name we pray. Amen.